I can sing it if I train for it, right? And so I see the value in in stretching my voice in those ways by in those songs. They're they're great songs. Hey, welcome to the Monique on the Mic podcast. This is episode 16 and I am Monique B. Thomas, your host. Today's special guest is a vocal coach to the stars and she's going to tell us about her upbringing and how she became the the star-studded vocal coach she is today. We're going to talk about a few of the stars and some very interesting things. Now, she is a real one. And by that, I mean she doesn't hold anything back. She says what she thinks and she means what she says. But this PG episode turned into an explicit one. So if you have little kids around, you might want to put your headphones on. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody, please welcome to the show Katie Riggs. Hi, Katie. Good morning, Monique. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you doing today? You know, I feel good. I feel good. All right, y'all. We are laughing because we had some sound issues, and it's our third time trying to get this right. But we're going to get this right today. Um, so um, are you more of a morning person or a night owl? I would say morning person. My brain shuts off about 8 p.m. in the evening. Okay. You you go that long. Mine is like 5 p.m. My, body, my my brain's like, you know what? We're done. I cannot receive any more information. <laughs> We're done. No, like, I don't even think my brain will say that. It'll just shut down and you'll be looking at me and it's like the light's on, but nobody's home uh, type thing. <laughs> I can't process anything more, but I'm just finding that out about myself. I'm just realizing, like, I have I have two kids and every other week I have them and my one daughter has to get up at six. So I get up with her. And the other weeks I've been like not getting up at six, I'll get up at seven or whatever. And I've decided, you know what? On the weeks that she's not here, I'm going to get up at six because when I do get up at six, I get a lot of stuff done between six and nine. Now nine o'clock feels like 12 noon to me and I can get a lot more done. But we're not here to talk about me. We are here to talk about you. I was just curious because I know singers have different schedules and um, I was just wondering about your, you know, how you... Yeah, no, a million percent. When you share about your experience, then I'm like, huh, makes me think about my experience. So I would like to know about you because, Mm -hmm. you know, we see each other on social media. But other than that, you know, I know it's like I know you, but I don't. But I've been wanting to know you. So this is a, a long overdue conversation. I didn't even know that you had two kids. Yeah, two whole kids, like two, two whole, whole kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, have, you know, like they've got the parents they got, so I don't know how whole they are, but they're wholesome. Uh, you know, my oldest is fifteen, and she's as tall as me. She's actually well, she's taller than me, which is no, uh, that's that's you know not hard to do. And then my young youngest is thirteen, and she's almost as tall as me. So, and I have them every other week, and uh, they're really a joy. Yeah, and I have a cat who's uh, rather old. Yeah, that's that's all there is. But like I said, people don't want to know about me because this is my show. I can talk about me. Okay, every okay, week. okay. We, so, all right, let's talk about why I wanted you here. Okay, you are so fascinating. I mean, from what I see and from what I've hear, I mean, obviously because we have a lot of uh, people that we know in common. Um, obviously, I've heard lots of great things about you. Oh, you I'm know? glad. I, She's like, oh, the other stuff didn't get through. No, no, I've heard lots of wonderful things about you as a teacher. And I see your, you know, your posts on Instagram. You're rather active. And um, I I love that you're not afraid to say your point of view. You're very clear 
about how you train the voice and what you think about voice training. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Because I ain't got nothing to lose. That's why. Because you're real. You're a real one. I like that. I like that. Because, no, because there's a lot of people that fake the funk and they like everything that's out there. And, you know, because they don't want to lose followers and blah, 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 blah. You know, talk about it. I could understand that if I had, you know, if I was just starting and I was, there'd be like a little bit more like nervousness or, you know, thinking about, you know, what if I put this? Will people like me? Will they follow me? That kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. But I've been doing what I do for so damn long. Right. right. If you don't follow me, you don't follow me. If you don't get down with what I'm trying to, then it's fine. It's fine because there's an audience for everybody. You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you for saying that because I I think that's, you know, this goes beyond the scope of being a voice teacher. Just it's, it's the human sphere where it's like, Hey, you know, there are 8 billion people on the planet. Everybody ain't got to like you. <laughs> you know, it's no. really, really okay. You can, you can unsubscribe and, and I'm, you know, your subscribe doesn't pay my bills. <laughs> That's what I do. You know, yeah. when, when someone sends me a video or I see videos, you know, I might feel some type of way, but I can either follow them or unfollow them. It's like, right. go where I want to put my energy. So, yeah, yeah. You know what I find interesting because people know that we're vocal coaches. Um, you know, I've got some well-meaning friends. They'll send video and they're like, I really like the singer. And I'm like, I really don't, <laughs> you know. And so it's like, do I say something or just sometimes I just leave it. And it's like, uh, it's not necessarily worth my time because it's not they're not asking for my expertise. They're not paying for my expertise. So, you know, let's just be friends and, and we could talk about ice cream. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, that's my expertise. Why would you send me that? <laughs> I mean, I I try to find uh, the good, you know, yeah. to be like, oh, I really like that. You know, I just won't zero yes. in over there, you know. Right. I like that. It's like, you know, OK, I like. I like the songwriting. I like the production. Yeah. You know, oh, that was a sweet hook, but not like I like their singing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not, you're not just going to poo-poo the person. You find something that you, that you like. Yeah. yeah. And so then you can still have that connection with the person that is sending you the yeah, video. In other words, you, know? you don't lose all your friends over a video, right? <laughs> right, right. No. No, it's like, it's like going to a concert, somebody that you know or don't know. And they might not be singing technically. Like, I can't even go into a, a, any kind of live music setting with, I mean, I do it. I know how to turn it off, basically, because if, because if I just sit there and I'm like technically analyzing them, that is no fun no whatsoever. Fun. No, You know, but but I am paying attention. So if it was like a Stevie Wonder, I'm like, what are his choices right now? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm feeling affected, but I'm like, what is he doing? Because I know that he has a background in being, you know, masterful. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I, I really like that. Go to enjoy. I really like that. I do think it's important to be able to turn off that analytical brain to a certain degree and, and just kind of enjoy music rather than just, you know, if it's not, if the vocalism isn't perfect, then we can't uh, enjoy the art. I, I think that's a little bit far, you know, to to the right or to the left or whatever. It's just, you know. Th- that's different than how I grew up, okay. you know. If someone wasn't singing technically sound, you know, it would be turned off. Oh, wow. Now, why do you think that is, that you it was that way? Be- 
because he was so gung ho on uh, being technically sound, you know. So by he, you mean your father? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, for some yeah. people that might not know, you are uh, the daughter of Seth Riggs, right? Right. And so, right, uh huh. I am. <laughs> do you do you think that was purposeful that he was trying to train your ear to great vocalism, or that was just sort of the way he he is? Probably both. Probably both. I remember this one particular singer, he would poo-poo all the time. And honestly, I don't even use that word poo-poo, but I'm just putting it here today. This is a new word. We're poo-pooing. <laughs> You're be- we're keeping yeah, it clean. And you know, when poo-poo. I listen to that singer, I just hear all kinds of heart. You know? I hear all kinds of heart and I um and I like it. You know? I like it. Just purely based on, I like it. I, I see I see that guy's heart. When someone's singing technically sound and they don't have any kind of emotion behind it, I don't want to listen to it. I don't care how many notes they can hit. You know what I mean? Okay, well, I was thinking about, you know, some of the songs that I used to sing when I was a kid. <laughs> and I would sing songs like, as We Lay by Shirley Murdoch. I sang Saving All My Love for You by Whitney. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize because the the point of me singing those songs was to reach and stretch my vocals so that when I hear a song... I'm not going to say something like, oh, I can't sing that because I can sing it if I train for it. Right. And so I see Mm -hmm. the value in in stretching my voice in those ways by in those songs. They're they're great songs. But the emotional the emotional component, I, I couldn't have started to understand. And it wasn't really broken down to me what the song was about, you know, so it was real. it was just really, really technical with him. And what I've kind of come to find out is like, even if you don't sing a song in the way that maybe, well, your job is not, your your job is to take the song and to um, put your own feel on it and understand the way that you need to understand it in order to deliver the the message, right? Of, of sadness or joy or whatever, whatever, whatever. But that's not how I was raised. It was like, how high can you sing? Oh, you want to sing? Okay, let's sing this song and that song and that song and that song. And and I'm so grateful for that. But coming out of that and being a little bit older is like, I don't I don't think I want to hear my students sing As We Lay. <laughs> Why is that? No. Why is that? Because the song is about cheating on your partner. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. You know, it's about having that moment. So it's like, well, could I reframe that moment with a client and say, hey, let's like, like totally reframe it? Mm-hmm. Maybe, or I could take songs that don't have that kind of content, something a little bit more PG, mm-hmm. and then add a whole bunch of more notes in, you know, play with the key and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really yeah. interesting what you're saying, because I grew up singing those songs as well. And and of course, not really fully grasping, you know, that this is about infidelity and, you know, what, what all of that entails. But... Because all of that, you know, comes from gospel, I'm used to that type of delivery because I grew up singing gospel. So I think 
in another way, even though you might not have connected with the actual message, you probably connected with the delivery. Oh, a million percent. I love to sing those songs. Yeah. But looking back, mm-hmm. I, looking back, I wouldn't have, I don't, I don't regret it. Yeah. I'm glad that I've, I sang the songs that I did. Yeah. But I think it's really important to, to, to understand the emotional content of the song. The fact that your dad gave you those types of songs to sing gave you what I call immediacy, no fear. Like, you know, when you've got to go for those notes in that gritty, gutsy way, you know how to, you know how to find it. You don't actually have to look for it because it's built into what you do. Yeah, and it has absolutely one million trillion percent uh, is such a benefit when you're teaching others because our job essentially is to get them to not fear the notes that they want to sing, right? right? Absolutely. Part of it. Yeah. Part of it. Yeah. I I think think that's great because I know that you're known for being a great singer, which, you know, being a great singer and a teacher doesn't always seem to come out that way. I mean, I know you and I both know there are singers out, there's teachers out there that You'd almost pay them not to sing. And I'm just, I'm I'm real. Oh, I'm saying it. You said it. it. It's like, you yeah, said please, it. please don't. And I'm wondering, how do your students pick up great vocalism if their teacher can't get it? That that uh, That's always been curious to me. Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, you're you're talking about students that have other teachers? No, that, I mean, I'm saying... Teachers who don't have great vocalism at all, their students, how do they pick up great vocalism if their teacher doesn't, you know, sort of bring it? I don't know. No. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't like, know. So I don't know because, because if when I'm learning... I mean, my dad didn't sing. My, my dad sang pieces of songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Oops, this is an explicit. I don't know. <laughs> this is an explicit. Episode. I don't really know. You know, I did. I did hear my mom sing. My mom was like a really great opera singer. I mean, right. it was funny hearing her sing in other genres of music. Uh-huh. But it was pleasing, yeah. but it was pleasing to the ear, yeah. you know? I'm like, oh, wow, you know, like, there's, like, freedom and ease in these in these notes. And, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I, I, I suggest that uh, how to find a teacher is can they do uh, what they're teaching? Can they, can they glue that together yeah. so that... You know what I mean? Because if someone's going to give a an example of some kind of range, but they don't sound good, but they're hitting the note, yeah. it's like there's more work to do there as the vocalist. But does that mean that the teacher doesn't have anything to give? Right. No. No. It's just better or more optimum to be able to hear it in your teacher's voice. So they walk the walk, essentially. What are we doing scales for? Who gives a shit about scales? You know, at the end of the day, can you do, can you sing a song? Can you sing different kinds of songs? And your voice is able to hold on in such a way where you feel like you could sing for hours. Yeah, hours. I love that what you said, because, you know, we see a lot of online 
people spouting lots of things. You know, people like to say that they know this and they know that, but the proof is in the pudding. I cannot either. It's like, oh my God, I was watching something the other day and I am like, (laughs) there, there was this teacher and I know this teacher. Okay. And they were, they were doing some exercises. The exercises sounded all right. And then they started to open up to sing and they were not doing right. what the exercise. And I'm like, wow, there's people out here doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so negligent. It's so negligent. But there's also like this feeling of like, I don't know. It's just it's just it's just shifted in the age of social media. It's like yeah. if you go on social media and call yourself a vocal coach, you're a vocal coach now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like there's like an illegitimacy to to social media. It's 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 gross. And so what I do is I just try to stay in my lane. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. So what is your lane? Oh man, I teach I teach first things first. When say someone says, "How's the teaching going?" I say teaching has always been really good to me. Mm-hmm. I believe that I am in my purpose mm-hmm. um, to to help others. Yeah, mm-hmm. but teaching is not my whole life by any means. Okay. Teaching doesn't teaching doesn't rule me. Do you know what I mean? Like I have a whole life right. outside of teaching that I am proud of, that I have a good time with, and that's another thing that. I didn't really grow up with, you know, okay. my mom died when I was young. My mom died when I was 15 years old, oh, Wow! but what, and you know, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. But so I, you know, I grew up with, you know, to take like, kind of like the mother role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I have seven brothers and sisters. So three of my sisters are older than me and they were basically like my collective mom, you know? Okay. And then you get older and you build friendships with people and, and, and you get that nurturing from other places. I'm so grateful for those places. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes to my father, um, his life has been a hundred percent about teaching. Okay. And I see that not as a not as a good thing for me. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like I have I I I am not gonna run myself into the ground, mm-hmm. you know, trying to people please everybody that comes my way. That is not how I'm gonna live my life. Like I refuse, do you know what I mean? So it's like I have my life is like 50% play and 50% work. I have to have the play because I've yes. been doing what I do for so long. Right. You know what I mean? And I love what I do. I don't want to feel burnt out about it. So that means like taking little trips and doing other things that I like to do mm-hmm. enough so that when I come to the table, I'm like kind of like free of heart and free of spirit and all that, you know? You know, I think what's interesting about that is I discovered that there is like a sweet spot to how many hours I can teach a day and how many days a week I want to teach. I only teach four days a week. I teach four days a week. Um, I used to teach huh? all five and now I'm like, nah, uh-uh. I need time to myself. And I break it up. I teach Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday. I'm doing other stuff. Um, and you're you're so right. You know, having that time off allows you to truly focus when you come back. When I come back, I'm happy to see my students. There was a time when I was teaching so much that I was like, oh, another gee-gee-gee, another nay-nay-nay. I don't even, you know, it's like, oh, you again. But it had nothing to do with the student. It was because I was overloading myself. It's like knowing that not only can you not help everybody on the planet, you shouldn't help everybody on the planet. There's somebody for everybody, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's other people. And, and I, I never understood when when um, teachers fight for students. It's like, 
dude, you do realize that there's a lot of people on this planet and not everybody's going to vibe with you. There's, you know, some people are going to, it could even be the same message, just not delivered the same way. And some some people are going to vibe with you better than others. You're not supposed to serve everybody. And I'm okay with that. But I definitely think preserving oneself as a teacher is so important. It's a it's a mindset. And I think that some people grow up with it and some people learn it and then some people never do learn it. Yeah. Um, the, the the mindset of abundance. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's when you when you're go, when you're dealing from a place of uh, lack, yeah. you don't think those people are going to come. So yeah. you get like really kind of territorial. Uh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, mind, yeah, mind, yeah, mind. yeah. Mind, mind, mind. Yeah. But if. But if you trust your you trust your calling, you trust the gift you trust, uh, you can kind of ease up a little bit. That doesn't mean that I, you know, I don't kind of bend or whatever. When I teach four days a week, too. Yeah. But if someone has like a radio show in the morning, I'm not going to be like, well, I can't do that because that's uh, over my four days. on my playtime. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Get you. no, you Get up and do it, you know, but it's it's not from a place like I have to. It's that I want to. I want yeah. to. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we definitely we want to see our students get to those places where they're doing things that fall outside of Monday through Friday. <laughs> you know, so you have been teaching, I think, for 23 years, right? Uh, yeah, I started in 20, tw- uh, two, <laughs> 2001. Don't worry, I can't count yeah, either. So 24 years? Is it 23 or 24? I don't, I don't know. know. I can't something. count. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, something. I'm a singer and a teacher. It's a long damn time. Since we cussing, <laughs> it's, a, it's been a long damn time, okay? Um, and so can we, can, we, can we name drop? Can we do some name dropping of the people that you've taught? Yeah, because It's sure. fascinating. You know, it's wonderful because these are people that we see. I'm just going to give a couple names. Uh-huh. Dua Lipa. Love her. Brian Wilson. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah. Tiffany Haddish. Yo, that... Now, that fun. Now, I'm just thinking, based on how I see you and how she is, how did y'all get anything done? Because y'all are both funny. She <laughs> is a hell of a singer. Really? She's a hell of a singer. Oh, wow. I don't... So what had happened was I got <laughs> hired. I got hired on a show um, called the Comedy Jam, and the Comedy Jam was um, every comic has to get up, do their ten or fifteen minutes of stand up, and then they have to sing a song. Okay, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's called the Goddamn Comedy Jam by Josh <laughs> Adam Myers. It's it's awesome. It's so much fun. And Tiffany is, was, she still does it, I think, um, one of the artists. And so she, she sang Proud Mary. Oh my God. When she opened up, I was like, why is, why is she doing that and not not this? Yes. But, but I think she is actually doing music now. Wow. I think she just released something or another, but I, I I hope that she really does actually sing, sing, not like play sing or, you know, kind of like. One of the things my dad would say would be, he'd be like, don't ever dumb down your voice just because the the music is changing. You know, it's like the difference of, between like when Mariah Carey first started, she had these like really amazing ballads and she's stretching all kinds of way. And then as time went on, like rap kind of became more of the thing. Yeah. And then she kind of like sang a little less and less. Yeah. And like she kind of like went off a little bit at the end. But it was like this whole kind of like. It was secondary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I'm saying with with Tiffany is that she is actually uh, pretty dope. 
Wow, that is so cool. I can't wait to check that out. What about um, an Amber Riley? <gasps> Amber Riley. Amber Riley. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a tremendous singer. She was the Mass sing- Singer uh, winner, wasn't she? Didn't she win the Mass? I think she won the Mass Singer. She, I know one thing. She tow it up. She tow it up. Yeah. She killed it. And so many more. She's been killing it. Yeah, she has. She's been killing it. She has been. Yeah, it's just like a matter of time before you're, you just keep working, you work, you work, and you say yes to different opportunities, and then suddenly you're doing the mass Singer. What's the mass Singer? You know what I mean? She, she's dope. Whatever she does, she's great she's because the, she puts her, or she puts her whole self into it. Like, I don't know if you know this, but in my family and in Black Idiom, when somebody cooks something really well, we say they stuck their foot in it. <laughs> she sticks her foot in everything she sings. I mean, really, yeah, the whole foot in. You put yeah. your left foot in. You put your left foot. <laughs> Anywho, I don't. I don't actually watch really those kinds of shows. I don't either. I don't watch The Masked Singer. I don't watch the. I mean, I I tried to look for snippets of some of the performances I wanted to watch from the Grammys, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a popularity contest. Yeah, you know, and I don't. I don't. I don't love it. You know, speaking of that. So with Instagram, lots of stuff pop up, and I'm finding um, that here recently on my feed anyway, I keep getting a lot of stuff from like the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, and even even stuff slightly earlier. And I'm like, I loved the stuff they were putting on TV because you had mm. real talent doing mm. real creative things. You know, I'm talking mm. Carol Burnett. I'm talking not necessarily a singer, but there was just a time period where people brought their A-game all the time. It wasn't just for shits and giggles. It it was like, okay, we're going to sing now. All right, let's bring it. Oh, we're being funny now? Okay, let's bring it. You know, so you know that if a, if a Patti LaBelle came on there, you know, she's going to knock your wig off, so you better glue it down. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, just there was a difference of, of the kind of things. I'm not saying, because I'm starting to sound old and I know that. I'm not saying there isn't talent now. I am just saying that the way things are marketed to us is just where it's not cutting through. We're not getting it, you know? I saw— No, because everybody's like—everybody's looking for, like, a certain kind of, like—it's like an experiment, you know? If I sound like this here, there, can I break through? And it's like, that's gross. It's it's the TikTok thing, I think. I think it's the TikTok thing because I think people think that, you know, you get that TikTok success— just because you sang your face off for 30 seconds doesn't mean you can hold a concert. That's a huge difference. You've got wow factor for 30 seconds, but after that 30 seconds, what you got? It's definitely a thing because uh, I it's not all managers by any means, but there's some managers, right? Labels that want you to already have a following. They want yeah. you to have, you know, certain things done on TikTok. Right. Kind of exclusively. Yeah. And then they're picked up and they're these artists and some of their first gigs are things like Coachella and Stagecoach. And you're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> but that's where we come in because yeah. all we can do is is do our best and try to do as much as we can and leave the rest to God. <laughs> you better pray. <laughs> you better pray because somebody got to save you. But I, I like that you said, you know, we're their team, you know, we're there to support them. So have you definitely seen a difference in coaching uh, singers from before TikTok and, you know, social media and to now as far as 
what they come in expecting to be able to do or expecting you to be able to do as a teacher? Oh, I'll let the student know, you know, that things take time yeah. and I'll and I'll let them know. Like, I don't um, I'm not going to hand out a compliment or hand out anything that I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. So when someone comes in and they're talking about, sorry if I take this in the, in, a, in the wrong direction, but I feel like people always just see the, the final outcome. They see this like pretty together, uh, you know, fully produced version. And they think that um, what I'm trying to say is that I let everybody know that it's a process, mm -hmm. you know, and that you have to you have to train to be good. And some of them understand that and some of them don't. And like myself, sometimes you got to learn the hard way. You got to bump up against stuff in order to change your perspective on things. I don't think that answered your question at all. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite okay. I really do hope you've enjoyed this episode uh, because unfortunately it got cut very short thanks to the internet. So the internet ate up the rest of this conversation. And as I don't like to waste people's time, you know, um, Katie is very, very busy. And so, you know, getting her on the show was hard enough. I wanted to give you a, a bit of what we were able to pull together. And I'll definitely have her back on the show because she has so many things to talk about that, again, got lost, unfortunately. But I think it's interesting to hear the story of someone growing up with two amazing musical parents. I mean, her mother was an incredible uh, coloratura opera singer. Her father, not only an amazing pedagogue, but also an amazing performer and singer. Um, I think that seeing how this environment had an effect on one musical child uh, is rather interesting. And seeing how Katie has forged her own path as now one of the most sought-after sought vocal coaches in L.A. and internationally as well. Um, the, the key takeaways, I think, is how she sees the business because she sees it uh, from a firsthand um, point of view. I mean, she grew up watching stars like Michael Jackson come in and out of the house and Stevie Wonder and Shaka Khan and many others from all genres of music and and also musical theater and opera come in and out of her house. Um, and just seeing what, what that does to her point of view. I love how human she is, how she doesn't want to put people down, even though she might not like how they're singing. She does try to find something positive in that. And I think that's, that's very loving and empathetic. Um, but anyway, I do apologize for this being so short, but I hope that you'll, you know, stick around for the next time when I get her on the show. I'll maybe try to put in a bid for 2025 because she's so busy. But thank you so much for listening to the show. And listen, let's take a note from someone who's really in the industry about not being mean. Don't be a mean girl. Don't be a mean guy. Don't be a mean person when it comes to judging other people's art. Now, with that said, I do think it's important to distinguish skill from lack of skill and artistic ability. You know, somebody could be a very good songwriter and not be a very good singer, um, and that's okay. But let's not say, you know, let's not give a, you know, a consolation prize and say, oh, this is a great singer, when they're clearly not 
clearly not a great singer. Let's just be honest about things and put things in their proper box, in their proper lane, right? So we understand what we're talking about because all singers are not created equal. And that's just life, you know? Uh, Not all swimmers swim the same way. Not all basketball players can jump. So with that said, I want you to have a beautiful week. And please do remember, learning how to be an expert singer, it is a process. Don't think that the product that you see coming out of a studio is how people walk in. No, no, no. This takes years of work, and it also takes teams of people to get singers to get to where they are. So remember, it's a process, and you got to do the work and trust the process. Thanks for listening. Musically, Monique. <laughs>